Our topic tonight is preparing for the Rasayda, the halachic part of the Rasayda, the Hashkafe part, or the Machshava part, maybe leave for another year. Now, some of you have made Sudarim or led Sudarim for many years, Mustafa very successfully. If that's the case, a lot of what I'm going to say might not be so necessary, but I'm assuming that some of the item at least are people who are making their own Seder for the first time. And therefore, I'm going to run through some of the basic halachas and some of the basic just points to remember beforehand because uh, without, otherwise they're things which uh, people tend to forget about but are very important for running the Seder. So again, for those of you who already prized this, this is just a revision. For those of you this is the first time, these are very important things to think about in advance. Okay, so for simplicity's sake, I'm going in order of the Seder, not necessarily in order of what's most important, but just that we won't forget anything. Okay, so we know the Seder starts with Kiddush. It's the first of the Arab crisis. And here we come to the first point which a person needs to prepare in advance, and that is to make sure he has a cup the right size. People just assume that their regular Kiddush cup, which they're going to cash for Pesach, or their special Pesach cup, or whatever series of China or cups that they regularly use will be good for arbukhosis. It's not necessarily the case. It's not necessarily the case. They might be too small, in which case the person is not Yetzir, or they might be way too big, in which case, even though a person isn't mechuyev to drink the entire kos, but the person is meant to drink grave kos, and that might be more difficult than it needs to be if a person is too much of a too big a shear. Therefore, the first thing to do in preparing for the Rasada is make sure that you have closest the right shear. Make sure you have closest the right shear. I'm going to add two more pieces of good advice. You know, this isn't halachic, it's just practical. And that is if you're using glass or crystal cups, make sure you have at least one extra. If you have just enough cups for people around the table and uh, an onus happens along the way, then someone's not going to have arbukosis after that. And therefore, if you're going to buy kosis or check your kosis for arbukosis, make sure that you have, like I said, at least one, maybe even two extra ones so that you can replace the kosis if, if necessary. The next point. The shear of arbukosis, the smallest shear of Chaim Noah, is 86 cc's. The biggest shear of the Chaznish is 149 cc's. Now, there are kosis which are made to shear. Right? In other words, you will find caps which are exactly 86 cc's. It's highly recommended you don't use those cups. 86 cc's means it's filled absolutely until the brim, and then that's the shear of ease, which means you, ha- you can't afford to spill anything. And then, unless you happen to be very athletic, to try and ca- carry a cup that full and drink it in a leading position is very difficult. And therefore, what I always recommend is to try and find the cups slightly bigger than the shear. For example, instead of 86, if you work with a smaller shear, work with 90. And that way you have a little bit of leeway that the cup doesn't have to be full mamish to the brill, to the brim. And if a mashu is spilled, you have a nasty revis. Okay, what should one do? So for Kiddush, there's an Indian to use a bigger shear. Definitely on years when it's Shabbos this year. It's not Shabbos, but because this is a mile in the bigger shear for Kiddush. For the other cases, if a person wants to drink the bigger shear and is able to, then for sure he's yet to the Chachila. But since it's only with Rabban, then a person is allowed to be yet to with a smaller shear. So like again, the, the share of a kois is 86, and I would recommend therefore looking for a kois which is at least 90 cc's, and for the biggest share, 149, and therefore you will get kois which are 150. It doesn't give you much leeway, it gives you exactly one like, cc, which is very little, but at least if it's full to the top, you don't have to drink every last bit. The halach is that a person should drink the horavis, if not in one gulp, is that to use a few, 
If a person can't do that, then at least he has to drink Reverbis, which is the majority of the cup. And then you can refill the cup to use for future, for future cases. Now, the myths of Arab cases applies both to men and to women. For as This is an assumption. I'm going to present the halachas as a nagaya for a person who has a family, which means what to do with your wife and what to do with your kids. Um, and uh, obviously, I'm talking about children who are, are of an age already to participate in the seder, and that could be as young as two or three, if uh, your child's not too tired and, he's, and you make the seder age-appropriate, then for sure a three- or even four-year-old child can definitely participate in the seder. Now, ladies are mukhiv just like men in abacosis, and therefore, of course, they have to drink just as much. Uh, there are ladies who, when they're pregnant, find it very hard to drink the whole share of abacosis. It's too much sugar too quickly. Uh, the answer for that is, again, most ladies will be drinking grape juice, not wine, which is okay. I'll talk about that in a moment. But in the, the first thing to do is, if a lady finds it difficult to finish the shear, so the first answer is, find a grape juice with less sugar. The bigger problem they have is it's the sugar in grape juice, which is called fructose, is a very fast-acting sugar. There's a lot of sugar in grape juice, and therefore it's hard for them to deal with the sugar so quickly. And therefore, if you find a low-sugar grape juice, Keda makes low-sugar grape juice as the other companies as well, it makes it easier to drink. Halachically, that's fine. There's, as long as it's grape juice, even if the sugar's been removed, it's still kosher zarbukosis. Now, what to use as zarbukosis? So, we already said before, that even though Be'atzim is a din of Hagafen, and grape juice is also Hagafen, but Rabbi Yashav and Rabbi Shammah both held that the, since the Rishonim bring the point of zarbukosis as a symbol of Cherus, so that's the case, grape juice, while it might be Hagofen because it comes from a vine, but Lemaisa, on the other hand, grape juice isn't a symbol of Cherus, and therefore, even if one is not able or doesn't want to drink straight wine, at least the person should put enough wine into the cup that it leaves a taste. And therefore, it could be a majority of grape juice, but as long as it's a time yain, which means it gets a taste of Cherus, which that would be enough. Obviously, if a person is able to drink the whole case of wine, that the is more like Okay, that's as far as men and ladies go. Now, when it comes to children. So, even though there's a general principle in chinuch for mitzvahs, and that is one is mechuyev to mechanech a child, not to practice doing a mitzvah, but to get used to doing the mitzvah. So, if a person is an older child who's able to drink the shir, or at least the rave of it, so then of course, one has to make sure he also has a coast to use, and uh, he's and to drink the shir, or at least the rave of the shir, like everyone else. A younger child is not nagah, there's no din of chinuch of a small child of three, four, whatever it's going to be, to drink that much. Right? And therefore, the is you give them a kos and you give them a little bit to drink and they feel that they're drinking like everybody else. There's more than everyone doesn't need to worry about. That's what's negated to Kiddush. Therefore, now, the whole year round, the way that uh, people make Kiddush is the Balabais makes Kiddush, everyone else listens and is Yotzeh. And therefore, back to the din of the shtir is on the bad advice of the Makadish. Everybody else, if they want to be timed to be able to, or ask the Hagafen or Kos Bracha, they can. If they don't want to be timed, they don't need to be. Whereas when it comes to Pesach, everybody has a Chiyav in the first Kos, the Varba Kosis. Therefore, even though one could theoretically be Yotze with Shamir Koine, but Lemaise, I think in most places, the Minna gives us brought in the Poeskim also, that it's better that everyone should say Kiddish for themselves too. If everyone says it together, that's fine. If someone wants, especially ladies, they want to hear every word and be yotze, and have in mind that, that they're being yotze with shmir and say amen, that also works. Right. Now, Kiddush this year, 
is a little bit more complicated because it's also the first night of Pesach is also Maitzei Shabbos, and therefore a person has to make Avdala during the Kiddush. As we know from the Gemara's famous uh, abbreviation, a person's Chayav and Yakna has, which means, and what presents the question to us is how do you do the Havdalah? Right, we have the Den of the Ner. So how do you get a Ner for Havdalah, for, uh, for the Bracha of the Ner on Maitzei Shabbos? And why is it a question? So the first thing to remember, obviously, like any time when Yanta falls Maitzei Shabbos, is to prepare a Yatzat candle or something else beforehand, so that a person has a source of a fire to light the Yanta candles from, and by extension, is able to do Havdalah with that as well. Now, for those people who are keeping two days Yom Tov, you should buy a 72-hour candle on Merosh. To light a second candle on Yom Tov Rishon, which is no other point than to just keep a flame going for Yom Tov Shani, is L'Chorah HaChana. And therefore, even though a person is allowed to transfer fire to a second candle on Yom Tov, the halach is a can't be a natural batala, which means the candle should be doing something on Yom Tov itself. If all the candle is doing is being is being used so that a person has a flame until he has, until Yom Tov Shani, then it's not doing any purpose in Yom Tov Rishon, and he shouldn't be lighting it. And therefore, since we have today 72-hour candles even longer, the better idea is to light a candle which will stay lit until Yom Tov Shani. For those people who, now, when it comes back to Yom Tov Rishon, you want to light the Neris, when do you light Neris? So here again, there are different options. Obviously, one has to wait until Shabbos goes out before a lady can do melacha. When Shabbos is finished and now a lady wants to do melacha, should she light the Yom Tov candle straight away? Should she light them just before the Seder starts? That's up to her. Or maybe it's up to her minag, I should say. Right? Since a person is allowed to light candles in Yom Tov and doesn't have to be done before Yom Tov begins, so at any stage before the Seder starts, she can light the candles. There is a male in lighting the candles just before the Seder. And we'll explain that in a minute. And that is the guy with the brach of Shekhyana. Right, we have a question which the post game spent a long time dis- debating, and that is the halach is that a lady makes shechiyano when she lights yomtov candles. That's when she's machnis the yomtov, and therefore she can say shechiyano in Pesach. A man, when he says a shechiyano is in Kiddush. That's for a man when he's makabel yomtov, so I just speak of yomtov already, but the mice that we do to makabel yomtov is we say Kiddush, and therefore we, a man says shechiyano in Kiddush. And now the famous question is if a lady's already been yotzed the shechiyano, uh, before and when she lit the candles, so then is hearing Shekhyano in Kiddush a Hafsak or not? Now normally it doesn't make a difference to us because what's the big deal? If she wants to make she wants to taste a bit of the grape juice for her agafin. Okay, so tell her not to say amen to the Shekhyano and she can taste the grape juice as for agafin. But when it comes to that aside and everybody wants to be at Arabicosis, so if she's making Kiddush for herself and she knows not to say Shekhyano again, that's fine. If she wants to be at by listening to her husband, so then the she's gonna hear a Shekhyano also. And therefore, the question always is, can a lady push off the Shekhyana until Kiddush, not say it by the Hadakas Neris, and therefore should be high by anybody, like everybody else? And the best answer for that is, if she lights the Neris just before the Seder starts. So that's the case, just before you make Kiddush, she lights Neris, and then just Kavana, the Shekhyana, I'm going to say, is Kiddush is also going on Bima Kabul Yamtov, which is right now, and then she can say Shekhyana in Kiddush like everyone else. If she already said Shekhyana before, or she wants to say Shekhyana in the Neris, that's also okay. Then that's okay, she just has to be quiet in the Kiddush when the men are saying Shekhyano, because for her to say it again would be a bracha levatala, and she, according to most boys' scheme, it's better also she doesn't answer a man because that might be a hefzik. Okay, so that's what's negated to the Neris. Now, what we're coming to is the hadlaka of the, of the Havdalah candle. Right, there's a mitzvah of saying the bracha baramaraya esh, and for that we want to use Navoka, which means a, a candle which has two wicks. But, how are you going to light such a candle? 
And we go back to the same question we had before, and that is if the candle that you're lighting for Avzala, it serves no other purpose just by being used for Avzala, so then this is, I'm not saying it's Pasha, this is a question. And it's a big machlokas, is that called the natural batala? Do we say the fact that it's being used for a mitzvah already justifies lighting it? Or do we say no, the point of lighting there is has to add and contribute some way to my simple yamtav? Just because I'm lighting it for a mitzvah doesn't help. And this is a much broader question, because the question then extends to lighting the yamtav candles. So if the yamtav candles are doing something, even if all they're doing is adding ambience or a certain chashivas uh, to the meal, then that's okay. The candles are doing something. If the only reason I'm lighting the candle is in order to make the bracha on it, and it's not giving me anything else, so according to a lot of post I'm not doing anything. So I shouldn't be making the bracha, and maybe it's also to light the candle like the Yom Tov too. Right, where this is always the question is in hotels. If a person is going to a hotel for Pesach, and what they do is they don't want the candles in the dining room, it interferes with the waiters, it interferes with setting the tables, so they have a cha- table on the side, in the living room or in the lounge or the lobby or somewhere, and everybody can have the candles there. And the fact that I'm lighting candles when they're already 30, 40, 50 candles lit, and I'm not even going to see it during the meal because it's in a different room. So this is a big question. Is lighting candles in such a way doing anything? And it's not just a question of can I make the bracha. The question is more, uh, am I yet to, to light such a candle in Yomtev? And therefore, when it comes to Avdala candle, we have the same problem. Therefore, the best answer is that a person, the, the, the light that the lady used to light the Yomtev candles, so you use that for Avdala as well, because there was a reason to write that. She was using it for the nearest of Yamtuf. Which is why I said the best option would be if she lady lights her candles just before the Seder, and therefore we have the option of combining the Halakas nearest the Kiddush, the Nair of Avdala, and the Shekhan all together, and we've solved a number of halachic problems in doing that. A lady is allowed to do Malacha before she lights Yamtuf candles, as long as after Shabbos goes out, she says Baruch Hamavdil, Ben Kodesh Lakodesh, remember, not Ben Kodesh Lakhol, but as long as she says Baruch Hamavdil, Ben Kodesh Lakodesh, she's now so to speak, the chiv of taking out Shabbos, and now she can start doing whatever preparations are necessary for the Seder. Okay, so that's what's going to get to Kiddush, that's what's going to get to, um, that's what's going to get to the Kosis that you should make sure you have in advance. One more point, and that is the din of Kiddush, it has to be drunk by Haseva. Leaning. Um, now, that's for sure for men. Ladies, even though the Ramah brings the Raviyah that the Minog of ladies was not to lean, there are ladies who the Minog is to lean. And that's fine. The question is, if a person doesn't lean, should they drink the kois again? So even though the mashmos of the Ramah is one should, the Mishaburah's Moskone is that if, since a person doesn't intend to drink between the kosas, it might, it might need a new hagafin. And therefore, that would look like he's in ways of And therefore, the eight that the Mishaburah gives for this, and for a number of other points we're going to see, Be'ez Hashem, in a few minutes, is that when a person drinks the first cup of Kiddush, he should have that, that if I want to drink more between now and the end of Maggit, I'm allowed to do that. I'm not deciding not to drink anymore. I'm having that, so if I want to drink more, I can. And we'll see that this, this can solve a number of questions along the way. Now, a person, like I said, is not to finish the coast. He should drink it. If he wants to, he should. He can. It's better. But as long as he drinks the majority of the reviews, that's already his yet to the first of the Arab coasts. One last point of a reminder, and that is, again, this is not a lachik, it's practical. And that is, it's happened a number of times that people have prepared for the Rasada everything except a kosher Pesach corkscrew. And therefore, you're sitting with your, your bottles of wine on the table, but you haven't thought of finding a Pesach corkscrew to open them. So, either, same thing, if a person wants to use the cheaper wines, which have a metal cap, so those are a problem to open in Shabbos Yom Tov, therefore a person has to make sure, either to come equipped with a corkscrew, or to at least, or if he has metal cap bottles, to open them before Yom Tov starts. Agav, on some of the fancier wines, they now have writing on the cork. The name of the brand, or the name of the factory, whatever it is, you have to be careful of that. To 
drive the quotas through the letters is considered maychik, just like any other maychik, and therefore, again, a person should check before yamtav what kind of cork is in the bottle, and if there would be writing in the cork, with a knife, just cut off the top. The writing's not very deep. You cut off the top edge of the cork, and you matter you've taken out the letters, and then there's no problem opening the bottle on yamtav. Right, that's what's negated to Kiddush. Now, the next point I want to talk about, and then again, like I said, a dark dhamma for people who maybe this is the first time they're making their own seder, and that is, what I want to talk about is the seder plate. What are you mechuyif to have by way of a seder plate? So, of course, if you have a sterling silver seder plate or something like that, not everybody has such a seder plate. What do you need to do in order to have a seder plate? Or, as I was asked a number of times this year, do you have to have a seder plate pichla? Which means, let's say, no, no, a person is going to be with his relative in the hospital over Pesach, so he'll have to make the Pesach Seder by himself in a hospital room. Can you just bring him with a box of matzahs and mara and whatever else he needs? Does he have to have a mutzug of a Seder plate which has to set everything up on? Is it such an Indian? Right? Now, because in the time of the Gemara, the Ka'aras Lera Seder was in the food on the table. Right? The, as you're going to see, everything in the Seder plate is Be'etzim what you're going to eat, with the exception of the Zeroya, which is coming as a reminder of what we used to eat, which was the carbon Pesach. But everything else is part of the Mahalach of how we go through the meal. And therefore the Seder plate was, so to speak, the serving platter for the meal. Uh, that was the Ica, what the, what the Seder plate was. And it was as we'll see when it comes to the Manishana, what makes a difference. And then today it's symbolic. No one, most, let's say at least most people don't eat off the Seder plate. If that's the case, it's there as a symbol of all the things we're going to use on Seder night. And therefore the question is, how important is it to have a Seder plate? So we see from all the post game that there's a lot of discussion about exactly how to set it up, which order to put the things on the set of plate. It was partial to everybody, you have to have such a thing. You can't just like leave the food on the table and eat it when you want to use it. There was an Indian of putting it in a certain a certain way, and the Ramah has halakhic reasons for it. That's part of the Mahalakh of the Arizal, the all kinds of Kabbalistic reasons of exactly the way that it's meant to look. And a number of different shittas in that, but there's definitely a lot of hashivas put into put into explaining what the order of the simon and the seder plate is meant to be. But like I said, it doesn't have to be something fancy, it doesn't have to be something silver. If a person wants to use a regular, like a big aluminium foil round tray, or anything else that he wants to put on the table to put the different minim on, it's good. He's yaitzi with that. Of course, it's more hidden mitzvah if a person something fancier, but it doesn't have to be like that. Another point, some people have seder plates where the seder plate is elevated above the three matzahs, and therefore the matzahs are underneath it. It doesn't have to be like that. If, it's, if you have such a thing, if you don't, you can put the matters in the middle of the Seder plate, that's much more the result anyway, and he ate it like that also. Right, what are the ingredients you need for the Seder plate? So we'll go through them one by one. Again, I'm talking now about the preparation one needs to do before Yom Tov starts. So we already said this in the other year, and that is preparing the salt water. There's a shayla about if a person wants to make strong salt water, if it's mutter, on Yom Tov, what's the problem of Ma'abed? Salt water keeps, and therefore there's no reason a person can't make the salt water Merosh. When it comes to karpas, so what, what can a person use as karpas? The, the truth is anything which makes bari priyadama on, it doesn't have to be a raw vegetable. If a person wants to eat potatoes for karpas, he can cook a potato and eat it also. That was the minak in most of Lita, where that was came out the only vegetable they had. Right? But uh, if, if, so therefore, it doesn't anything which a person could make adama on, he can eat for karpas. The exception being, he can't use something that he would be at tomorrow. So any vegetable besides for a mother vegetable, You'll be yetzer with karpas, and uh, you can make a dam on that. Preparing vegetables, most of them you can prepare on yamtaf, it's uh, oichel nefesh. 
the only option uh, only recommend would be if you're using a vegetable which needs to be checked for insects. So that's always better to check before Yom Tov because the shayla of, of shaykhet or boy or whatever it's going to be. So if a person's using fresh parsley, for example, like some people have the minute to do, uh, or they're using spring onions, which some people have the minute to do for karpas, then those things need to be washed and checked before Yom Tov. Right. That's as far as those two similar. Now we come to the mara, we already said. The, similarly, mara has to be washed before Yom Tov as a shayla of boyer. And, and it needs to be, if, it, if one needs to check the mara, it should also be checked before Yom Tov. It just takes a lot of time, and anyway, the best way to check it is in the sunlight. So therefore, the person should check it beforehand. And if a person checks it and keeps it sealed, in, or even you're just in a Ziploc plastic bag, it'll stay fresh until the seder. Like I said previously, and that is, it'll save you a lot of time at the seder if you prepare the shirim of mara for each participant beforehand. And therefore, you don't have to start measuring on Yom Tov exactly how much mara to give everybody. You can give them a ready sealed bag with, an, with their mara inside, and they're ready to go. Remember though that you have to give everybody two bags because I need one for Mara and one for Karech. What's the share of Mara? So without going into all the Cheshpoinus in exactly how you work out the density of a lettuce leaf and how thick the, we assume the leaf is going to be and therefore how much water it's going to displace, the first way of working at the share of Mara, which is assumed by many different cashless uh, organizations have tried it, is take a piece of paper which is 21 centimeters by 25 centimeters. Prepare yourself before you answer just a regular piece of paper, cut it out, 21 centimeters in one direction, 25 the other. Any piece of mara which covers the surface of that thing, even if it's very thin leaves, but if it covers the surface of a, a piece of paper, 21 by 25 centimeters, that's for sure the shear of the kazais. Now remember, mara is only drabana, and therefore when you talk about the kazais of mara, it's enough to use the smaller shear. The smaller shear being the shear of Chaim Noah, and that's, like I said, 21 by 25 centimeters, you get to with that. If a person wants to be more machmir, so then just find thicker leaves, because the assumption is that the thickness of a thin leaf, which will cover that area, you already have enough mara to be ate. If you have stalks or things which are more dense, then of course you're eating much more mara, and therefore for sure you'll have a much bigger shear. Right, when it comes to other things, endives or remain lettuce, same thing. There is a shade of infestation, they should be washed and checked before Yom Tov for the same reason, when into sunlight, and it doesn't want to come to check them. If you have a bayer on Yom Tov, if there is bayer such a thing, and uh, the last point to, to, to remember is don't leave them wet or in water because Allah is that Mara, which is Kavush, which means it's been preserved in water, is considered pickled, and you're not yet with that the mitzvah. Sadly, when it comes to the horseradish, even there's a mile to grate the horseradish before Yom Tov, otherwise that's learned the shini, it has been grated directly on the table. If a person does grate it, they shouldn't put it in salt water or in vinegar because these things are Kavush, they pickle it, and then you're not yet to Mara with it anymore. Right, if a person wants to grate the horseradish fresh on the amount of net, like the milk of the Vilnagon, one can. Just like we said, you should grate it onto the table. Okay. If a person wants to eat the shear of mara using horseradish, so what's the shear of a, what's the shear of the kazais just to be out with horseradish, even though like I said before, it's not really recommended because even though Kleishal did use horseradish, that was uh, what was done in Europe. The Chavetz Chaim already says in Mishnah the reason for that was they didn't have anything else. But uh, if a person has lettuce, and that's the Molechatchila, even when done in the Gemara, and the reason for that is, and let's explain, Mara is meant to be bitter, not sharp. We're not looking for the spiciest food or the sharpest food. We're looking for something which is bitter. Horseradish is not bitter. Horseradish is sharp. And uh, okay, that's what they used, they were yet with it. But Lemais is something which is have more of a bitter taste, is Molechatchila, what Mara is meant to be. If a person wants to use horseradish, so the shear of is 32 cc's of grated horseradish, 
basically it's a full size of a tablespoon a normal size tablespoon but uh, that's the share of first one to eat tomorrow and then again you don't have to eat the whole, whole share of horseradish Baloch is a different minimum it's tariff and therefore if a person wants to use a little bit of horseradish together with lettuce or other things as long as uh, throughout all of them together he's eating a kazais he's yadza with that now once you're in the mara let's talk about mara for a moment again if you're talking for men who are able to eat the shpul shir, there's no question that's what they have to do obviously we don't lean for mara and the person has the time, the time to ease it in is the regular shir of the echidah's press, which is like echidah two minutes or four minutes. And uh, with mara, it's not hard. It's mostly water. As soon as you chew it, it disintegrates. And if that's the case, there's no problem eating it in the shir. Other, the post can say a person shouldn't eat it too fast because you don't get the taste. And therefore, when, as opposed to matzah, which we'll see that there's the Indian to try and eat more quickly, when it comes to mara, there's definitely Indian to try and eat more slowly. Because when a person chews it better, it starts to develop a little bit of a bitter undertaste and therefore, that's what you, you want to achieve from the mark. Now, when it comes to ladies, who, again, who are expecting and it's hard for them to eat so much more, so always the eight when it comes to shirim is, is before we give them a smaller shear to eat, we'll try and give them more time to eat the proper shear. And therefore, even though we want to try to eat the shear of matzah more, like we're going to see in four minutes, um, but for someone who finds it hard to do that, so they can have until nine minutes. That's more than double the amount of time. For most people, don't have a problem eating a piece of lettuce in 9 minutes. That's very slow. Like I said, most people can easily finish a piece of lettuce in 2 minutes. 9 minutes is much more time. So even if a person finds it hard to eat, so to speak, um, you're not giving them a very big share. And uh, within 9 minutes, no one should have a problem with that. When it comes to children, so once again, if a child likes lettuce, then that's no problem. Let him eat the share. If a child doesn't like lettuce, right? so then if he's not yet the age of chinuch, he's still a little child, you can give him a mashal to taste. That, that's the point of it. Uh, he wants you want, you want to get him to used to the idea of mara. And how much he eats is not nagea. He's not yet at the age to eat the shir anyway. So, uh, so whether he tastes it and decides he doesn't like it, or he tastes it and eats a mouthful, you've done, with, so to speak, the necessary introdu- introduction to mara. For a small child, you don't need to do more than that. And the Amis says, if he doesn't want to eat mara, that's also okay. He's not yet at the age. For an older child who's really at the age of being able to do the mitzvahs properly, so then of course, you should eat the regular share. And like I said, it's not something which is hard to do if you give him more time to do it in. Okay, let's just not get it tomorrow. Now, you always get the people who and they want to try the whole share of horseradish. It's not so recommended. I've heard from some of my members who are not Salah that there isn't a Salah where they don't get call out like at half a Salah at night to people who fainted or half a ventilated after trying to eat too much more. And therefore, if you want to taste horseradish with Salah, you can tell people it's not even a bit of like at to eat lettuce. That's Mikra Adin, what you're meant to be using. And if a person wants, I'll, I'll pee the minog of Klaishol, it always was, to be able to with the horseradish beside it, but definitely shouldn't try and eat a whole shear of it. Which should be right also, he says, the car of a Okay, now we come to charoises. Charoises, depending, everyone has different recipes for what they put into the charoises. Right, if you want a really exotic charoises, you should see the Rizal's recipe for charoises, which uses 10 different spices. If you want to grind fresh spices for charoises, once again, these are things which should probably be done in Arab Yomtev. If you want to just mix things together, so there's not a problem with blush in such a case, a person can mix it on Yomtev, it's not Shabbos this year. And uh, the idea is that it's the, the consistency has to be something that you can dip the moira into. Which means, if, if charisma comes out very stiff, like a paste, or like a mixture, which, yes, it's meant to symbolize cement, but the point of the charisma is to 
to be mishakerek the halacha says to put the mara into the charoises. So it has to be liquidy enough that a person can get the mara into it. And uh, therefore, if a person is allowed to add wine on yom to the charoises to make it a, not as thick a mixture, so it's shaykh to dip the mara into it. I've always wondered, how do they use the horseradish into my charoises? That if I did, you have to mishakerek kuloi. That, that way it loses its, uh, what the Gemara calls its eris. The, then by horseradish, it would be very hard to mishakerek the whole horseradish, which is ground, in the charoises without losing a lot of your share. But when using lettuce leaves or other leaves, it's much easier. It's not hard to dip it into the charoises, and you you you, you with that. The charoises isn't just an agav. The Rishonim, a lot of them discuss how we don't make a bracha eating charoises. Just like there's a mitzvah drabon to eat mar, there's a mitzvah drabon to eat charoises. And another one asked the question, why isn't there bracha achilas charoises? The answer is we don't need a shir. We don't need a shir, we only need a mashal, but the chalzos is a mitzvah to eat, and therefore we aren't the vatsar on eating the charoises. It's a necessary component of the seder. Okay, so that's what's going to get tomorrow in Charesis. Now we come to the Zraya and the, the Beitzah, which is meant to represent the carbon Chagiga and the carbon Pesach. The, therefore, Beitzah and the Poiskim hold that the Beitzah should be eaten at the meal. Since it's meant to represent the carbon Chagiga, which was the main course of the Pesach meal when there was a Beitzah Mikdash, and today we have the Beitzah to represent that, to, we have the Beitzah to replace that, so therefore a person should eat the Beitzah at the, at the meal as the as a part of the meal at least. And if that's the case, the person's allowed to cook the Beitzah on Yom Tov because it's a Tzarek, he's going to eat it today. Mashiach and Nizraya, which is meant to represent the Korban Pesach, which we don't want to eat because we don't want to enter to think this is a Korban Pesach. And if that's the case, the Mishnah Burra says, really the Ramah says, the person has two options. Either he can prepare the Zraya on Erev Yom Tov, or if he's going to prepare the Zraya on Yom Tov, he's going to have to eat it tomorrow. He's going to have to eat it tomorrow because otherwise it was cooking on Yom Tov for no Tzarek. So even though we can't eat it in the night, the person is allowed to cook in the night for the next day, and then you'd eat the mar, I'm sorry, eat the zray in the day of Yom Tov, and that would be Yetzir. For people who are keeping two storm, this is an important point. You can't keep the zray for both nights unless you made it before Yom Tov. If you make the zray on the first day, you have to eat it on the first day. If you're not going to eat it the first day, you're going to keep it for the second night, then you cook it for nothing. If that's the case, like I said, either person has to prepare the zray before Shabbos, or a person has to make a new fresh zray for each night, and make sure to eat it each day, on the, on the day of Yom Tov, the Zerah that he prepared on Yom Tov. Okay, now we'll talk about, that's the Seder plate, and we'll just went through the different ingredients on the Seder plate. Does it make a difference what you use for the Zerah? The Zerah is meant to be the arm. If you use, uh, if you have meat, you want to use meat, that's fine. If you want to use chicken, that's also good. Either way around, it's just meant to be a symbol. It's not meant to be the carbon Pesach. Okay. Um, three more points. After talking about the bread, the last thing to talk about is the matzah. So let's talk about the matzah a bit, and then after I want to talk about a little bit of the mitzvah sipper if we have time for that also. Okay, so when it comes to matzah, so this year we have three times to eat matzah. The first time to be yotz the mitzvah of mitzi matzah. The second time to be yotz with karech, and the third time for pikaimen. As everyone knows, at the beginning of the seder we split, split the middle matzah. We use the smaller half for the mitzvah of Achilles Matzah, which is a bigger half of Yikoyman. And here comes a point which is important to Halacha. And that is, again, I'm assuming the children of the Seder, and therefore somebody's going to be hiding that Yikoyman somewhere. Very chashev that you put that Yikoyman into a proper sealed bag before you hide it. Because where the Yikoyman gets hidden, it might be places which weren't that well clean for Pesach. But the children are very inventive. If it's behind the, if it's behind the couch or underneath the bed, wherever it is, these aren't places you were thinking of landing, food landing up there on Pesach, and therefore, maybe it hasn't been cleaned as well as it should have been from any possible chametz. 
And you definitely don't want your matzah like on the floor under the bed where you don't know what else has been there. And if that's the case, if you're going to let your children hand off your covenant, then you're going to have to make sure it's properly wrapped and properly sealed so that it doesn't come into contact with anything that um, you're worried about wouldn't be kosher lepesach. If that does happen, and it has happened, then if that's the case, you probably take a different matzah. You're not mechuyev to use the matzah you started off with. If you lose the afikoyman, or as has happened a few times, someone fell asleep on top of the afikoyman, right, and then they can't use it anymore, or they fell out of its bag and landed on the floor, or whatever it's going to be, right? It's not the end of the world. You can just take any matzah and eat that instead. It doesn't have to be the afikoyman itself that you started the seder with. Okay, now, the share of matzah. So the halach is like this. Being as the first time a person eats matzah is, is it the raisa, according to most shittas, or the last time a person eats matzah, in other words, is it the raisa, according to Rashi and the Rishonim of, of France. Therefore, for the raisa, we want to eat the biggest share of matzah, which means the Sheikh Haznish, it's a suffix of the raisa. And even though Lemaisa, everybody agrees that if I was yotze once, I've been yotze matzah. I don't have to be machayev myself more than once, but because we want to do the mitzvah properly, and therefore the right thing to do is to eat the biggest share of matzah, both for the first time a person eats matzah, and for the Afikoyim. The biggest share of matzah is, the, well, let's talk about what kind of matzah we're talking about. If you're talking about the average sized machine matzah, which is like a square, a smaller square, so the, the shear is about 80% of a machine matzah. If you're talking about a, a, the circle, which means the handbag matzahs, which are more or less, there are slight differences in the thickness of the matzahs, but they're more or less the same thing. If that's the case, a person has to eat just a, a bare half of a, of a machine matzah. If you want to actually weigh your matzahs beforehand, the share of the matter for moiti matter, which is the biggest share, is the erich. Um, I'm working in CC, so it's easier to work with, uh, with volume. So it's the erich uh, 55, 56 CCs. And uh, if a person wants to, we're talking about the smallest share, which a person can use for korech, so then it's half of that. Which means if you're talking about the machine matter, it's about 40% of the matter. If you're talking about uh, hand matzah, it's about 25 to 30% of a hand matzah. That's what's lechot khilah. For a person who has a difficulty in eating so much matzah, so they can eat the smallest share for all three and the yotzah with that, which means, like I said, the share of Chaim Noah, the yotzah for that. It's only for a child. It's hard for them to eat so much, but they want to be yotzah the mitzvah, or a person who's not feeling well, or a lady who's expecting, whatever the case it's going to be, and a person finds it hard to eat so much, at least they should eat the smallest share and be yotzah with that. Right, that was, even though there is a chumrah in keeping the chazanish, the ma'isa in many parts of the world, the accepted share was the smaller share. And therefore a person can be able to the chiyah with that. Now, that's the easy part of eating matzah. You take a piece of matzah, um, you eat it within preferably two minutes, if that's hard, four minutes. For a person who's struggling, nine minutes. Remember, you have to lean for the matzah, and you add to the mitzvah with that. The mitzvah, the minag is not to put salt, salt one second, the mitzvah is not to put salt in the matzahs because we don't want to lose the taste of matzah. Yeah. So just just on the shear, um, the the dinner of two kizayim is that for everybody around the table, or just for the person um, being there? Everyone. Everyone. They want to eat the, the shear to be able to make radin. So yeah, Matthew, I thought the was which matter how much is I'm going to get. Oh, right? well, I'm going to get. I'm going to get. Let's take someone to talk about. Right. So the, the biggest shear is according to Chazanish. That's what you need to be able to the right. So you want to be machmir. Okay. Now we come to what Benny brought up, which is the next point I was going to say, and that is. Rabbi, the second size, you wouldn't have to be machmed for the chazanish, because that's just an Indian that's not in the right. That's what I said. The first one, the third right. one, chazanish. The second one, you can arrive the chetchil on the smaller share. Right. Now. No, I'm saying the, the two kizayim of even the the of the midraisa 
Clara the second Kazaias would only be the, the smaller shear. You only need to eat. Right, that's the same point of the three matters. That's what I explain next. Now, so what you could do is you could give everybody a piece of matter from the box of matters and they could eat their piece of matter and be answered with that. And what? For the person who's being boitzea, he has a problem because he's meant to make the bracha like mission like every yantif. So he has two whole matters. Besides that, he has the prusa, which is the matter which he, which he said the slipper on. So now, the minag, at least in most places, is the person makes a moitzi on all three because that way he has two shleimim. He has the top one and the bottom one, which are shalem. And uh, then he, he wants to make the bracha achilas matzah on the middle one because that's the one he, that he's being yet to the achilas matzah. He has to make, he has to eat what he made the bracha from. And therefore, if the person would be sitting, even having said it by himself, he would take a kazais from the tak matzah, he would take a kazais from the half matzah, and his yet is to kazais him. He doesn't need more than that. He doesn't have to have two kazais from each matzah. He has to eat two kazais of matzah. One kazais from the top matzah, one kazais from the middle matzah. His yet for the other people around the table, if they want to just take a matzah out the box and eat that, that's fine. They're eating two kazaisim, it's fine. Elowat, they want part of the matzah which which the bracha was made on. So that's the case, you have two options. If there's only two or three people at the seder, and everyone will get two kazaisim out of the matzahs which the person made the bracha on, that's fine. Split up the matzah between the people around the table, everyone will get the two kazaisim, and that's fine. If they're more than that, and there's not enough in the kazais or in the matzah that the bala seder made the bracha on, so then what's normally done is everybody takes the shear from their own matzahs wherever they are, and then they get a little piece of the kazais or of the matzah, which was the bracha was made on, else to be added to the din of the of the of the matzah which the bracha was made on, to be added to that as well. Lechatchila, if there are more men around the table, everybody can have their own three matzahs, and they can say their own amotzi, and then they'll have their own matzahs they were boitzaya on in order, to, in order to have the whole shear from one matzah. If you're going to go the route of giving out pieces of the top matter to all the participants, right? remember that the time it takes you is part of the time you're meant to be eating. So either you first give out the piece of matter and everyone starts eating afterwards, or you have to do it simultaneously. Right? The time a person is meant to eat the kazais in is when he starts eating until he finishes. The time in the middle which it takes to transfer matters and work out which piece you have, that's not necessarily part of the share of time. In other words, you lose that time from what a person is meant to eat. Also, it's not makif. The person never got that piece of the the, the matzah which the boitzeh made the bracha on. As long as he had the shir, that's fine. Right. The next thing I want to talk about. Short to say, um, the meeting is about to close. The, the matzahs is the what a person can do to make it easier to eat, and this is the chumra which is brought down a number of svarim. How long do you have to swallow the matzah in? And what do I mean by that? That the chayr the shir of eating is when a person starts eating until he finishes eating. He starts eating with puts it in his mouth until he finishes eating. As long as he's eating and swallowing in that period of time, it's yotze. There's no Indian to try and swallow the whole kazais in one go, and if, especially if you're talking about the bigger kazais, it's completely impossible. So I apologize, boy, sir. As Nachum Osaka said, that if a person's trying to swallow two kazais in one go, it's completely impossible, and you don't have to do that. The time that a person has to eat the matzahs is from when he starts eating it until he finishes swallowing it, and he can do it bit by bit. A person doesn't have to eat the whole, put the whole matzah in his mouth in one go either. Um, one thing a person should be careful of, and that is, especially when a person is trying to eat matzah quickly, matzah tends to matzah tends to be brittle and it tends to crack. And therefore, if you want to make sure that you have the full share of matzah, it's important to make sure you haven't lost too many pieces while you're eating it, because they can't pieces which fall on your clothing or on the floor, wherever it's going to be, ultimately starve to the share you ate. 
Right. That's as far as now the always the machmir. So what about the ma- amount of matzah which could st- get stuck in one's teeth? Um, so yeah, technically they're right. Halakhically, what gets stuck in a person's teeth isn't considered he ate it, but it's a mi- that's very very small. That's a minuscule amount. It's not going to make a difference to the shear. But big pieces which tend to crack and break, and if a person loses track of them, that could make an afkamina. One more point about eating matzah, and that is that the first matzah is relatively easy to eat because it's a, a person's hungry, they haven't eaten anything and, uh, for the last few hours. When it comes to the second matzah, which is, I mean, uh, afikoman, which is at the end of the meal, so that's much more difficult to eat. And this was brought in Allah already, that a chokham and a they shouldn't eat too much in Shulchan Arech, um, so that he won't, he'll be able to eat the shear of afikoman. And not just to force it down his throat, if he gets to the stage where he doesn't want to eat, which is called the Chilagasa, it could be he's not yet. And therefore a person should make sure not to eat too much that he won't come to Achilagasa. Uh, you do get the people who ask the Shaila, is it mutter then just to push the Masak Shulchomarech? Now after eating matzah and mar and korech and everything, you're not really hungry anymore. And just let's get on with it and go straight up your Here's an Indian eating Shulchomarech. Do you have to eat Shulchomarech? Yes, most people never thought of this question. But for those people who actually did, did think of the question, the answer is they should eat something. Because Sayyidul Sayyid Larasayyid is also a Surah Yamtif. And therefore, there's a mitzvah of Simchus Yamtif. And therefore, a person should eat something, preferably Fleshik, to be able to Simchus Yamtif. If a person doesn't eat that much because he wants to eat space off the equipment, that's beside it. But to miss it out altogether is missing out one of the Surah Yamtifs where a person is meant to also be able to dinner Simchus Yamtif. At Kadekach, that the person asks the question, is the person who to drink wine during the Surah of the Shulchan Arach? Why? Because, like a Surah Yamtif, the dinner of Simchus Basaviyai. So you might think we're drinking more than enough wine on the other side already, but that's already for a different reason. We're drinking four cups also din of chayrus. Can you also be yoytze, simchus yantav, with the same cups you're drinking as chayrus? You have to drink separately for that? Again, it's a discussion in the poiskin. If a person wants to take a little bit more, and you can stomach it for simchus yantav in shulchan arach, that's better. If not, if not, if you're be yoytze with arbukosis, and consider that also being used for simchus yantav. Right? And like we said last time, therefore, What's important to remember is that the wine that a person drinks for the Nasser is something he should enjoy. If you, especially if this is also part of Simchus Yamtuf. So what's more mahudr as a choice of which wine to use for the Arab crisis is something that a person will enjoy. If a person enjoys grape juice more, you can be ate with grape juice. Like I said, you should have a time wine, but you can be ate with that. If a person wants sparkling wine, you can be ate with that also. Just one word of advice. And if a person is going to use sparkling wine, use a cup which is a little bit bigger than the minimum Mashiach. Because all the trapped uh, carbon dioxide doesn't count for the share of wine, and therefore a person has to pour a little bit more to make sure he's drinking the full share of wine. Right, that's what's going to that's what's going to get to matzah to Afikoman. and uh, two more points to discuss. I think in the halacha, the first one again for people preparing a seder for the first time, it's very kedai, and this is brought in the post scheme that a person should prepare the seder in advance, which means not just the physical preparations of the cider plates and the ingredients that he needs for the cider, he should read the Haggadah first and know what, it's going to, what he's going to say and think about what he's going to say at the Haggadah also. Right? Even though a person can be hurt by just reading the words and getting through Maggid, but, but if you have a midst of Sipri, you see this Mitzrayim, and Sipri means telling the story, not just reading the words of the Haggadah, so then a person should plan in advance uh, what he's going to say, what, what point, what, how he wants to explain the Haggadah, obviously bearing in mind the, the age and the stage of the audience you're talking to, that a person feels that he's, he's going to as a person leading the Seder, there's a point that he's trying to give across, there's a way that he's going to try and think of explaining the God. Be'ez Hashem next week, I'm asked for a shiva on Maggid, like practical aids is how to make, especially for Chinuch, how to make the Maggid more realistic. We'll talk about that separately, but that's something a person should do. Similarly, it's good, and this is a practical point, to make sure you have enough Haggadahs for the amount of people around the table. 
that everyone wants to follow along. And if you have guests, make sure, not, don't assume everyone's going to bring their own Haggadah with them. And therefore, make sure you have enough Haggadahs that everybody around the table has a Haggadah. Right, the last point I want to talk about, and that is the end of the timing. We know that the mitzvah is the person's meant to eat afikomim before chatzos, because according to Rabbi Rabbi ben Azariah, the, the, the carbon Pesach had to be eaten before chatzos, and the afikomim is coming to replace that. Now, if you're going to be in Israel, it's not that difficult, because it's not that late yet, the shkir, but people who are overseas have it much more difficult, because there's much less time between nightfall and chatzos. It's already working towards summertime. And therefore, what's the etzah um, to do that a, a person can get to the afikomim before chatzos? So, the simple answer is a person should be more quick and get to the Agoda more quickly, so he'll get to the Avikomim for Chatzos. If that's not an option, and a person doesn't want to lose out the maggot altogether, then if that's the case, the answer which is always spoken about is the answer of the Avinazer. But before I explain the Avinazer, I just want to say that you can't just miss the Chatzos. Right? There's a reason, it's not just a Chumrah. According to a lot of Rishonim, you're not Yetzir without it. It's a, the, the din of Korban Pesach is, is until Chatzos. If you didn't get Korban Pesach Chatzos, you weren't you weren't yet in the Pesach. And therefore, by extension, the mitzvah of Afikoyim is until Chatzos. And if you didn't eat by Chatzos, you weren't yet Afikoyim. So the thing is, I'll be around, it's okay, we'll get there. Right? That's not an attitude which works to Halacha. And therefore, the answer would be that if a person sees it's getting close to Chatzos, the answer would be to eat the Kazais now as Afikoyim. Right? And then have Kavanah that if the Halacha is like Rabbi Rosh Benazariah, they have to finish by Chatzos, so eat my Afikoyim now. I'll eat by Chatzos. And then once Chatzos is passed, I'm allowed to eat again. Because even though there's a din that a person is not allowed to eat after Afikoyimun, says Avdinazer, that's only in the amount of time that a person still could eat Afikoyimun. And therefore, let's say if, if we're holding like the Shitta, that Afikoyimun has to be eaten before, before Chatzos, so then uh, once Chatzos is over, then there's no more din of Pesach, so I can eat whatever I want. If you hold like the Shitta, that Afikoyimun can be eaten until the morning, until the Shachar, then I wouldn't be able to eat anything else until the Shachar. And therefore, he says the answer would be that before Chatzos, a person should eat a piece of matzah zafikoyimun, and say they have kavana that if I, this is the shita which we hold of, I'm being yotze zafikoyimun now. After Chatzos, he can carry in whatever he wants, and at the end of the meal, he'll, he'll eat a second zafikoyimun to keep the shita that if, if, if we hold that you don't eat zafikoyimun until morning, so now I'm eating zafikoyimun now. Halachically, it works. Even though there's argue about it, but halachically, most places can hold it works. Except the only downside is that it means you have to eat a, a, a two afikoyments. Right, that was going to get to the timing. Now, there's another question of the timing, which Shama Zalman used to ask every year. He didn't really have an answer for it. But uh, it's, something, it's something which always bothered him. And that is, the halacha, like we said before about the karpas, is that you make a dom on the karpas. And why are we doing that? Because you want to be say tomorrow. Why don't you make a bracha on the morrow? Because since the vegetable... It's something which is eaten after, during a meal. If you already made hamotzi, so the chara, the mar, should be covered by the hamotzi. On the other hand, it's something which you're eating as chashivas, not as eaten with the bread. And if that's the case, we should make a bracha on it. So since it's a sophic, the best answer is, we make a bracha on the karpas, or dama, which is before the meal. We have kavana on the karpas to be motzi the mar, later on, and we're fine with that. And the problem Shalom Zalman always had with this is, the bracha is not going to work anymore. Because it's more than the shir ikul. The amount of time it takes from, from karpas until a person gets to the meal is probably more than 72 minutes, which is a shir ikhul for bread, and kalvachayma, a shir ikhul for less than a kazais of a vegetable. And if that's the case, why does the bracha still work with it? Okay, so he always had the question, and he had different answers every year what to do. In the end, he decided that that's the chazal of the so we're relying on their das that even though it is such a long time since the person had in mind to eat later on, the bracha we shown in now will work for them too. Okay, there was an Eitzah 
there was a question also on the Hagafen on the second coast. Why do we say Hagafen on the second coast? It's Fadim Dan, Tashkenazim do. And the reason is because we hold each one's a bracha bifne Each one's chashav, therefore one doesn't cover the other one. There's another question, and that is the time between the first coast and the second coast is again more than the shiriku. And therefore, why shouldn't a person make a bracha on the second coast? And therefore, you had this eitzah also. It may be a stack of for a person to slip a little bit along the way so he doesn't get to the shear of like a, too long a gap between the first and second coasts. Like I said, the Mishnah Bura had this eitzah also. Just then the person has to have to dice, he has to think, have in mind when he drinks the first cup that he want, that he has in mind to drink until the second cup. Otherwise, without that in mind, a person probably wouldn't think of doing that. The questions come up every year. People who tie and sit down to the side of a busy day. Are you allowed to have a cup of coffee after Kiddush before you start the before the maggot? And the halacha is yes, you can't eat because you haven't had it because it's a uh, problem eating before matzah. But since Hagafen covers other drinks, you would be allowed to have a co- cup of coffee um, before maggot. Just a person say again, have that. He wants Hagafen to be moitzi rather drink. And if you're going to do that, it's much better to have wine and not grape juice because when it comes to wine being moitzi other drinks, that's poshut. When it comes to grape juice being moitzi other drinks, yeah, it's not so poshut. Okay, that's what we wanted to talk about uh, tonight. The preparations for the Seder plate, the halachas of eating matzah tomorrow, drinking arachosis, the timing, and uh, one, uh, one last point in the timing. The Ramah brings a minag to drink all four cups before chatois, including the cup of Tahalal. The Maisa is most people are not machmed to this Ramah, and therefore as long as they get the Pikomen in time by chatois, the amount of time it takes to sing halal and drink the fourth cup later on is uh, whenever it's going to be. That's not market. Okay, that's what I'm talking about tonight. Be'ez Hashem, if I was interested, maybe next week, to have one more share, and that is to talk about uh, prepare, preparing the maggot. You know, it's making it age-appropriate to whoever your audience is going to be. And uh, the different minhagim, which are brought down, even from the time of the Rishonim, and some even from Chazal, about what people used to do as part of the maggot. That's not halacha. I'd kind of respect what tonight was the halachas of the Seder. If a person does that, you can just read the maggot out of the Sefer, and he's yet with it too. But because you want to maximize the opportunity that the Seder presents, so if anyone's interested, maybe next Tuesday night we'll talk about what to do to, what Minhagim there are to make the Magid more of a central feature of the Agada. Seder.